0: You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet podcast network.
1: You are listening to Beyond the Fit, and this is Holly Cotton. The purpose of this show is to explore beyond the traditional health and wellness topics to make sure that we can all become the strongest versions of ourselves inside and out. Holly Cotton here, and I am so honored that we have Mr. Eric LaSalle today. And if you guys do not know who Eric is, he is actor director producer and of course now author and he is best known worldwide as the television star for dr peter bitten on the critically acclaimed and history making medical drama er and let me tell you guys ER is why I became a nurse as well. So Eric, I've been a nurse for 20 something years now because I just wanted to be in the ER with you guys. So I love that. I'm a huge fan. So welcome to our show today.
0: Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: So I wanted to talk about one of your newer projects right now, and that's your book called Law of Wrath. And When I went on, of course, went to the website first to see like on Amazon and I was like, okay, let me just look at the review first. Let me go get a description of the book. And... The very first review that was up there is by James Patterson. And if you guys don't know who James Patterson is, I am a huge fan of crime thrillers. And James Patterson is the author of the Alex Cross series. I've literally read every one of his books. So James Patterson is co-signing. He calls Laws of Wrath an all thriller, no filler white knuckle treat. So I know that's exciting, Eric. And I know you've mentioned before on other shows about being endorsed by James. So can you tell us how that made you feel to kind of like get embraced by that community?
0: Yeah, well, um, so Laws of Wrath, this is the, um, it's a book series. So the first in the series, the book that's being released on Tuesday, uh, the first is, the first is uh, Laws of Depravity then laws of wrath is the is the second one, and um you know so you uh and then the third one is laws of annihilation um so you um you know you, you take on this new venture you get into this 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 new world uh so obviously any type of um validation uh you know' there's a lot of insecurity uh, do i am i smart enough to write a novel am i crafty enough to put together a really good thriller and so to have someone who is considered to be the uh, top of that um, of, of, of that game um, to uh, give a blurb and an endorsement like that definitely makes you feel great and um, but I'm also equally impressed with just you know uh, the tons of Amazon reviews that we get just from regular readers and, you know, what they have to say, but yes, having someone as established and as successful in the genre as a James Patterson saying, Hey, this series is, 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 is pretty cool. Uh, yes. Made me feel, um, very, very, uh, excited. So. Well,
1: we'll go into the plot because, I'm telling you, like I really I I literally went and read like about all kinds of stuff about the book and I, I'm like excited because I love that kind of stuff. And and so one question I wanted to ask whenever you were saying it was great to be embraced by that community. Did you kind of feel that you were gonna get some critics because they were like mm. Okay. So now he went from being an actor and now he thinks he's going to be an author. Like, were you, were you concerned about people being a little overcritical or maybe the expectations being higher because of your status going into this?
0: No, you know, because I mean, I've had, uh, I've had experience with sort of uh, expanding my, um, my position, uh, my passions, et cetera. So you know, you start off started off as an actor, of course, and then um, I started gravitating towards directing. Well, when I made that transition, it it took a while for people to quote unquote take you seriously. And I think that's the, I think that's always the thought and the concern that people have when they're trying to do something that hasn't been done or hasn't been done by them. Uh, so, you know, going into it, uh, going into this part of it, like I said, having had that experience. Uh, because I also was able to then prove that um, I'm, you know, now considered to be a very reliable and, uh, you know, talented director. Uh, so, but with the author thing, it, it, you know, you're fighting for a completely different discipline. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I went into it, but uh, I just feel uh, I'm big on craft. I'm big on studying. I'm big on uh, doing the homework. And so, as long as I know I'm doing everything that I can, I don't take. Uh, these transitions lightly. Um, I understand, you know, what a good book, what it takes to do a good book. Uh, and so I, you know, set about doing the research, reading the right people, reading, you know, being motivated, being, reading a, a plethora of styles, etc. And, uh, and that, that that definitely helps you. So, uh, so I, by the time I did it, you just, I'm just focused on telling the best story that I can. And, uh, and, I, you know, once that happens, then people, people are like, oh, this is just a good book. I don't care who it was written by. So, but I right. think people definitely are still, yeah, they're surprised. But, uh, but no, it, 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 there hasn't been a lot of resistance. There hasn't been a lot of uh, people saying, you know, whatever. I think, um, I, again, I think if the quality is there, I think people come around and they're attracted to it.
1: So I want you to tell us because I'm telling you, I'm so excited to read, read it because it's just like the plot in the storyline. So I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. And I don't want to mess it up again. I don't want to say the wrong, the, which book is the wrong one I Googled or whatever. So I, I, a little bit about it is that I know there is a, it's a serial killer and he comes out every 10 years. And in 30 days, he kills 12, people that are part of like a clergy so one southern baptist i grew up with my jesus so i i know about the disciples and stuff like that but it's just such a unique it's just not someone going out there and killing people or chopping up people like this is it's almost like like you said it's a theatrical sense as well like hey this can also make a good movie like this is going to make a good thriller movie when they put it into to movies as well so tell us about how you came up with the idea for the book and then or the series and what the whole premise is behind the book and the main character all that great stuff feel
0: okay (laughs) So, uh, so, like I said, the first book in the series is Laws of Depravity. Uh, Laws of Depravity came about, um, I read an article, and a lot of people don't know this. Um, I didn't know it, and, and when I talk uh, and, and speak on it, people really don't you know, didn't know it. Um, so it's not in the Bible, but um, it is um, widely discussed by biblical scholars. And that's the fact that all of Jesus's disciples were brutally murdered. And a lot of people don't know that. And um, and there aren't it's not just 12 disciples as we sort of, you know, that's what we focus on. Um, Jesus actually had um, this called the greater and the lesser disciples. And so that's almost like 30 people. So Jesus was rolling with about 30 people, not just 12. And um, all of them were murdered uh, in heinous ways. They were beheaded. They were uh, hanged. They were Uh, crucified upside down. They were torn limb from limb. Uh, John was the only one who quote unquote died a natural death, but John was first put into a vat of uh, boiling oil and somehow survived. Uh, Then he was banished to the Greek island of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation. So John is the only disciple to die a natural death. After having survived being put in boil, putting uh, putting put into put in, uh, boiling oil, um, so I thought I was like, you know, there's something interesting here. Um, I don't know what it was. I thought of it for a while, and then I thought, you know, it'd be really cool to come up with a modern day serial killer, who's killing fallen men of the cloth in the same way that Jesus's disciples were killed. So he comes out every ten years. Uh, he kills 12 clergymen of different denominations and, uh, and then he disappears for 10 years and then he shows up in another city and he does the same thing. So now at with the book picks up, we're on to what's going to be probably his last cycle because he's been killing for, you know, so long. So when you do the math, he's in his fifties to 60 years old. So he's, he ends up in New York and that. Is what introduces us to our heroes. Uh, the book is fashioned tonally and stylistically um, after the movie Seven. It's very similar in, in that tone that he's a serial killer uh, who is preaching a sermon with his kills. So he's not just randomly killing, he's selecting and, he's, and he leaves these sermons behind with each kill. So we're introduced to our, our, our three protagonists. Uh, the first one is um, as an, he's Irish and Italian uh, and he is, his name is Quincy Cavanaugh. Uh, So he's one of the best cops in New York City. He's partnered with an African-American detective by the name of Fee Freeman, who used to be a professional football player. So these two are considered to be the best closers. So they're put on high profile crimes and this is a high profile serial killer. So, uh, and then we introduce a uh, white female FBI agent, who ends up partnering with them, and so the three of them are basically pursuing um, this, um, you know, psychotic killer um, who's targeting clergy. So that's the premise of it. That's how it came about. Uh, just in reading how Jesus's disciples were were uh, brutally murdered. Um, so that's that's what throws us into our first story. The interesting thing about the um, the series is that we have our three protagonists and they're all very well represented in each story, but one of them is sort of the lead, um, is the lead point of view in the first book, Quincy Cavanaugh, who uh, is Catholic, who was raised Catholic, um, was himself abused as an altar boy by clergy. So he has this really interesting position of, I'm pursuing someone who's killing clergy that did things, did bad things just like they did to me. So he's torn. Uh, and then the second book focuses a little bit more on feed. The third book focuses a little bit more on uh Janet Matlin, who is the FBI agent. So that's the that's the the premise of the series and and how we tell the stories. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So now you just made me more excited. I want to read all three books. <laughs> So one question I did want to ask, though, because like you said, you, you've done so many things before. So you have a lot of experience, you know, kind of what works just being in, in that whole actor theatrical field. You kind of like, mm, I don't like whenever I see this in a movie or I don't like this in a storyline. So when you started writing your like the first novel were you on a track or did you have some things and someone gave you feedback and, and they were like, mm, this is not realistic? Or was there any feedback that you got where you kind of changed something in in the storyline or in the book?
0: Oh, yeah. Look, you, I have uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have um, some really smart people around me. Uh, so when I write something, um, I give it to people that. Um, will give me really tough uh, criticism and feedback they don't they don't hold back which is what i like i don't need uh, sycophants saying yes 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 uh so it goes through a. Uh, it goes through a, a really cool um phase of um and sometimes i'll hand it to some one person for instance Um, I have a a lead female character. The FBI agent is one of the leads. I want to make sure that I am capturing a woman's voice. I am capturing the way a woman thinks and, and behaves. Now, I don't particularly write them that different. I, my, I write my women the way I write my men as far as they kick ass, they're smart, they're, you know, so I don't, oh, well, you're a woman, this, you know, so I write it, I write it that way. And, and that's why, how I, I, I think I create really cool characters. Um, but there's also a vetting process where, um, like, I might give it to you in the process, if you go, well, you know what, I don't think that that woman was in this, in these circumstances, I don't think she would say this, this, this felt, this didn't feel organic to me. So then I go back and I want to make sure that that voice is, is correct. Um, I, uh, when i uh, there's, there's a lot of medical stuff in, uh, the first book. Um, I consulted with a doctor friend of mine um, who used to be a tech advisor on ER and he would go, no, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. Um, so there's that whole process of just making sure that what you're doing is real and it's organic. Uh, it's not just made up because readers, particularly in thrillers, the readers will call you out. <laughs> they will be like, no, that's I was not, about to you say, know?
1: I am so guilty of that. I'm so, and especially being a woman and then also being like a strong woman, I'm like, now, you know what? this is not how a strong woman would act or this this is not not at all accurate so yeah i love that right
0: yeah so that's a that's a that's a really big thing for me um i have because they are crime dramas i have a police officer uh, or two that i run everything through and they give me the cool way of how you do it. What's the correct procedure? What's the, you know, because it's nothing like a professional watching yourself going, that would never happen under any circumstances. So I I want my writing and my stuff to be grounded uh, because, the, the, you know, the, the, the beauty of ER was that we had amazing tech advisors. They made us look good. So everyone understands that it's an hour drama. You can't do things like, you know, there are operations that take three hours. So clearly we can't. You know do everything but we can if i find if you make the effort and give people the respect you respect their intelligence they will forgive you the minor things they will forget they will say well you know i get it it's a tv show it's a movie they couldn't obviously do it all the way but you know what they did they did do it right and, and and so i that's how i approach things and making sure that um, the voices are right, the occupations are right, and the procedures are right. Um, that's really important to me, and I and fans have really picked up on that and really um, rewarded me um, with you know great reviews and, and, and great feedback on that.
1: Right, right. And my daughter actually, she's in college right now, and she wants to be a forensic scientist. And so Hold on, she's on. you have like- a daughter.
0: You have to back up. You have to back up. You have a daughter in college.
1: Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> I tell her start telling people I'm her sister.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I
1: was like go, going forward, I'm your sister. But yes, no. Her name is Rayleigh, and she's in her first year of college, and she wants to be a forensic scientist. And she's grown up, like you said, like she's grown up reading all of those books, and she watches things on TV, and 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 she'll say, you know what? That's not accurate. That's, you know, whatever. So I'm so happy because this new generation, they, (laughs) they are so informed about all of these things. So I love that. You're like, "Mm -mm, we did it just like how ER was. This is what we're doing here too. So I love that. Now, let me ask you this, going from being basically every role that you've done, we went down the list. You've been on Every every part of everything you've done. So what do you prefer behind the scenes acting or, or now writing being author? What, like, what are you kind of saying? Like, "Mm, actually, I think I prefer this more than this. So what's your favorite right now?
0: Okay. This is how I, this is how I look at it. Uh, Do you have one child or do you have more than one? You have two. Okay. Mm -hmm. You love them both. Don't you?
1: Mm, No,
0: I (laughs) can't. Yes. Yes. So it's, you know, it's a very similar thing. It's like, I love acting. Um, Acting is what um, got me into the business uh, that then matriculated to directing uh, that then uh, turned into producing and some screenwriting and now uh, to the author thing. Um, Each discipline informs and improves the other. My acting helps me to become a better writer. My writing helps me to become a better director. My directing helps me to become a better actor. So they they all feed each other. Um, I have a lot of, I mean, pound for pound, I have a little, you might have a little, you might lean, you might have a favorite child. I know we're not supposed to say that, but, I I would say that um, directing and producing, it just gives me more power, more, quote unquote, control. And I don't mean control from an egotistical point of view. I mean, control over a creative vision. And so as an actor, you have one thing to be concerned with. That's your role. As a director, I'm concerned with everything. I'm concerned with every actor's role, the writing, the lighting, the camera, the wardrobe, the transportation. I'm con- everything, and so there is definitely a natural, um, sub- the more seductive thing about that because it's much more encapsulating. It's much more, uh, you know, uh, you're just much more involved with so many things. Uh, but all in all, I mean, I, I like, I like it all. Um, I I love it all, actually. So I just, I just love telling stories. Yeah.
1: Well, that's good because obviously you're not retiring anytime soon. So that <laughs> you're like, um, yes, I'm not giving, I'm not going to be loyal to anyone more than the other, because I don't want anyone coming back and saying, Oh, but I thought you said you didn't like directing right. or whatever. I, I love that. You're kind of like, I don't, I'm not biased at all. I love them all equally. (laughs) I love that. Exactly. So, and that's kind of what I also wanted to piggyback on that question as well, because there are a lot of people, obviously you've been doing this for a long time. You know, there are a lot of people who are looking at you like, oh, wow. So now he's an author and oh, now he's behind the scenes. So how do you give advice to anyone about longevity in staying in this career?
0: I think no matter what you do, whether it's creative, whether it's athletic, whether it's entertainment, whether it's, you know, law, medicine, you name it. um, I think the key is really learning your craft. I think really learning and respecting your craft. And I think that that's going to um, I think a lot of times people sort of jump into professions and I think there's a huge difference between a job and a career. And I think once you understand that you're looking for a career, that that's long term, the foundation has to be much more solid. It has to be, you know, like you can jump into something and that foundation has an expiration date to it. It'll like, it'll only last for so long. And you, okay, fine, you get in, you get what you need and you move on. But when you're talking about a career, you're talking, I have, like you said, I have no plans on retiring anytime soon. I've been doing this for several years. I'd like to think that I'm gonna be doing it for several more years and finding new things. So learning the craft and understanding and respecting the craft when I go to take on something new I start with let me learn it, let me truly learn it, and let me. It's 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 good. it's a continuous process. Um, the, you know, learning is you know t- until you die, you you hopefully you're constantly learning. But understanding the fundamentals, understanding um, how to build onto things, um, I think that that's the key to longevity. That's certainly been the key to my longevity, uh, and it's been the key to longevity of people around me that I see as successful. Uh, And so I think if you're not afraid of hard work, I think if you, um, one thing I've been always very proud of is, uh, you know, I I was raised by a single mama who, you know, from the South, she instilled in us this really strong work ethic, you know what I mean? And so you're not, you know, if you're not afraid to work, um, I think the world can offer you a lot more possibilities, and so I'm not afraid to work. So I get in, and uh, and the results are um, have been very rewarding for me. Yeah. That is a great so is
1: answer, that, Eric. Is that, is, that, is that the wave
0: to the? Is that, is that the wave to the single black mom?
1: Yeah, um, I was like, and, and then you said Southern too. I was like, oh, and Southern. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So that's, I, mean, I I, I, I get, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Having, having, having. Having that it influences even how I write about women um and so uh in my stories um more than not um the you know females are the heroes um and it, and it, it is um, sort of in honor of you know the the hero that raised me yeah
1: right and I can definitely say like the answer that that you just gave, it is so authentic because even when you were telling about the plot of your of your book series, you, you could tell you have researched this, you're not, you mentioned it numerous times, different things that you had researched, different things you had looked into. So that was a very authentic and transparent answer because you just said it earlier, how much time you spent before you even started coming up right. with the, the plot. I need this to be accurate, let me research that. So I love that, I love that. Okay, question. Choosing the field that you did definitely comes with sacrifices, sacrificing family time, personal time. Do you have any regrets or things that you wish you had done differently?
0: Um, I mean, from a sacrifice point of view, um, I would say no. I think we can speculate about how certain things could be uh, I am, you know, I'm very dedicated to my craft. I'm very dedicated to my passion of storytelling. Um, so that hasn't made me Mr. Family Man and, uh, you know, Mr. Settled. I like going when I want to go. I like, you know, if someone calls me and says, Hey, there's a job in London. Okay. I'm there. Uh, you know, a few years ago, Dick Wolf called and said, Hey, we want you to uh, executive producer show in Chicago I was like okay I don't have that um, I don't have the things that's that that hold me uh, in one place uh so if you then imagine yourself oh what would it have been like to have you know had kids been married or done it this way or done it that way um I, that's all speculation because not everyone that's single is happy. Not everyone that's married is happy. Not everyone that's So I, I'm, I'm happy because I get to pursue my passions. I get to have fun. I get to live my life the way I've decided to live my life. Uh, so I don't, I don't look at it as regrets. Uh, I don't like there's nothing that I go, Oh, I missed out on this. I missed out on that. Um, I think I'm, I'm living my best life and, you know, very selfishly um, you know, acknowledging that, but I'm living it on my terms. And so there's, there's very little room, very little room for regrets. I'm, 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 I'm doing it. I'm doing it the way like, you know, I, I leave for New York, uh, to go, you know, promote the book. Um, I love that stuff. And I love not, you know, not having to, oh, I gotta worry about this. or I gotta worry about that. I, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I'm going, You know, so, so yeah, so no, I, I would say no, there, there are really no regrets.
1: Okay. So you guys heard it. Eric said he lived his life high. He wants to live his life on his rules and he outside all the time. (laughs) So I love that. I love that. Okay. So last question that I have, and then we'll wrap up with how people can get your book, all that great stuff. But, I know being the person that I am, I am very transparent about everything, being a mental health advocate and all the things that happen to us, especially with being in these high profile careers and, and jobs. So being in the spotlight can definitely take a toll on your mental health. So I know you said just now in your answer, you don't have any sacrifices, you go and you come, but how did you come up with a plan of, for yourself of how to balance the stresses with the lack of privacy of being a celebrity and also maintaining your mental health. Well,
0: I think, um, unless one has challenges with mental health, which we don't control, um, I think the things that we do control, um, offers us choices. Uh, I made a choice a long time ago. That I am in this business, but I'm not of this business. Which means uh, it's a job. It's a it's a job that I love. It's a career that I love, but I treat it as that. Uh, I'm I'm a private person. Uh, I am a bit of a homebody. Um, outside, you know, I love traveling and I love going. But as far as you know, if I go out twice in one week, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good, you know? Um, so I think it's a choice of, I don't need to be at every premiere. I don't need to be at every Hollywood party. So I've never been that person. Um, I surround myself with very real people um, who could care less about, you know, some are in the business, a lot are not. Um, so I have a diverse uh, tribe. Um, and so, uh, that keeps you grounded. So every conversation that I have is not about the business. Uh, and then I, I choose to live. I choose to, you know, you start making choices, particularly when you're an actor and you're auditioning for something and you're waiting around to hear and you can't, you can't eat, you can't do anything. Cause you're so at some point, I'm like, look, I'm going to go live my life. Uh, either the job is going to happen or it's not going to happen. And so I think, you know, again, outside of people that have uh, mental health challenges, um, I, I'm fortunately blessed. That's never been a thing for me. I mean, I'm a little crazy, but not, you know, uh, clinically. Um, So um, I don't worry. We all we
1: all got a little bit of that in us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and it it keeps things interesting. It
1: out real quick. You're like, you know what? I thought I was calm, but now they brought it out. (laughs)
0: exactly so you know so i think it becomes a matter of choices it's the choice of how you want to live your life what do you want to make important in your life uh and that, that's a, that's applicable to any profession i mean you can get caught up in what you do of um, needing your supervisor's approval or needing this sponsors this or whatever and really giving them the power to make or break your day or your week um, I choose not to, I choose to, there, there's lots of disappointment. There's lots of rejection, uh, but I've learned to deal with it. I've learned to give myself my 15 minutes of mourning. Uh, sometimes it turns into 20 and then, okay, that job's not going to happen. Let me move on. I'm disappointed. Uh, let me, okay, fine. Let me move on. Um, I do so many different things because i um, I, I bore easily. I get, I get bored easily. So this is me taking on all these different things is a way that keeps me very much, um, feeling alive and feeling intrigued and feeling challenged and feeling rewarded. Uh, so that's some, that's something that's very important, but again, those are all choices that many of us, uh, get to make again, people that have, um physiological psychological challenges um, don't have it to that degree and like you said sometimes that's what they, why they need mental health experts and that's why they need doctors uh, i'm fortunately like i said not in that position so i get to make a choice uh, and i get to make choices on what is important to me and, um, and you know, like I guess that surrounding myself with good people is really important to me and socializing, um, I entertain, I have good people over, we have great conversations, I love good food, I love my trap, you know, so these are the things that I can make a choice to um, make sure is in my life and fulfilling me and keeping me calm. Um, I live in Cali, you know, beautiful California I, you know, my living situation is great. I, it's very much a part of nature. So I get to just wake up in the morning and look at nature and enjoy nature. So you take what you have at your disposal, uh, what you have in your reach. And I think you, 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 it's really a matter of what are your priorities. And these are things that are priorities to me and it affects one's quality of life and quality of life is very, very important, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, and or, you know, creatively, all of these things. And I um, check the box on those and make sure that I'm, I'm I'm healthy and I'm happy and I'm fulfilled. And that's not to say that it's a perfect life by any stretch. Uh, that's not to say I don't have disappointments, I don't have rejection, of course I do. But you also have the power, and depending on how one defines their spirituality, you have the power to uh, be bigger than those things. If you uh, are connected to a spirit that is bigger. And that's what I, you know, I love the fact that it's not just all on me. I love that. I love that. And in in the clutch, I have a spiritual um, shoulder to lean on. I have, you know, so I go, I, I can't figure this out god what do you think you know and so i'm glad god is way smarter than me stronger than me um so i don't have to i don't know everything isn't just on me and i'm alone and i'm dealing with this thing and i'm you know so it depends on how one chooses to believe and and how one chooses to live their life and that's how i choose to live my
1: That is a very insightful answer. And you gave some great advice in there as well. And you said, sometimes I got to call on my Jesus because I just don't know. So I love that you hit all those angles about it. So to wrap up, tell us about the book, some of the tours that you're doing for the book, how to get the book, how to support you. Give us all of that information about what's going on with the book project right now.
0: So uh, the first book, uh, Laws of Depravity, um, is officially released next Tuesday, uh, November 1st, and um, it's uh, wherever books are sold. Uh, Obviously, I always like to encourage people, if they can, to support independent bookstores because, you know, they're always fighting for survival. But yes, you could do Amazon, you could do Barnes & Noble online, uh, you know, independent bookstores. Um, there's an audio book that will be also coming out. Uh, I'm doing a lot of, you know, press now and, 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 and doing things. Um, and you know, my, so my social media stuff is, um, I, at, on Twitter, I am, uh, I am Eric LaSalle 23. Uh, and then on, um, Instagram, I'm just Eric LaSalle. Uh, sometimes you got to you got to search through because they are imposters. <laughs> and so sometimes you will have like five accounts and they spell my name differently, but I am Eric LaSalle. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh, I'm sorry. I am Eric LaSalle on Twitter and just Eric LaSalle on uh, Instagram. And um, and the cool thing like I've been, since we started announcing that the book was coming out uh, next week, uh, I've been getting a lot of movement on social media and a lot of people on Instagram uh, have, you know, I'm also on Facebook, uh, but a lot of people, and I've been engaging um, with them and a lot of people are already, you know, sending me proof that they've pre-ordered the book that they and so that kind of stuff is, is great, but it's having that engagement as well. And people talking because um, the book has... The book raises a lot of laws of depravity, raises a lot of interesting questions about right and wrong, about good versus evil. About because sometimes people read the book and they actually start cheering for the bad guy, um, very similar to how we cheered for Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Like, this is a cannibal, and I yet we're like, I go did. get him, you know. <laughs> so, I think, I was like, oh, and so, but away. He got away, and it's you know, his famous last line he says, Well, I have to go now, Clarice. I'm having a friend for dinner, and we're like, Ah, you know. So, I think that you know, people with my book because you have this uh, this serial killer who's killing priests that have done horrible things. So, who's and so it, it just raises some interesting questions, it leads to some great, great. Um, dialogue and conversations. So when I do book clubs, um, there are all these great debates. Um, And so I love that because I wanted to write a book that uh, my my, my style of writing is I want it to resonate. I don't want it to be something that you read. You you give a, a week or two weeks of your life reading a book, you put it down. And two hours later, you've pretty much forgotten about it. I wanted something that sticks with you days weeks months afterwards where you're like i'm still processing or i'm still i'm torn between was i rooting for this guy was I like i love that type of writing and uh and so that's what i do so yeah so uh anyone that's interested um hit me on instagram uh pre-order the book it's it's very easy and if people that hit me on instagram sometimes i'll just send them the link um you have to you know you want people to support you you got to make it as easy as possible for me to help them to help me <laughs> so um so yeah so you but i I'm, I'm, I'm you know all over instagram uh so people can reach out people can you know like i said get information on how to pre-order um you know reach out and chat whatever i i, I like to
1: engage yeah well i'm gonna let you know eric i'm gonna read this book i'm gonna read the series oh, okay. <laughs> And okay. I'm gonna let you know, me and my future forensic scientist. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, no, if James, that, Townsend, yeah. if James chance, Patterson is co-signing for you, I'm like, okay.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm proud of it, and uh, like I said, I love. I love the dialogue. Uh, so please, when you read it, reach out to me. Let's talk because you'll have some. You'll definitely have some opinions and some questions after you get finished. So uh, and the cool thing about my books, you know, um, Tony Morrison said something that really stuck with me. Tony Morrison said she wrote her first book because she wanted to read it. And that's what I've used. Like I wrote my book, meaning that this is the type of book I've wanted to read. And there are a lot of books, and people will say this to you a lot of times. They'll say, "Hey, listen, the book gets really good after the first hundred pages. You have to just kind of get through them." And I go, "I'm not. I don't have the attention span to, you know, waste all." I'm like, "No." So my books, I come out the gate sprinting. So the very first chapter, you're like, "Whoa," you know, and it's like, "Okay, put your seatbelt on," because we're because that's the type of book that I and I realize that there are a lot of people like me that's who I write for. And so it's always engaging because from the first chapter on, you know, and if you look at, if you go on Amazon and you look at the reviews, people are like, oh my God, I I couldn't breathe. I had, and every time I wanted to put it down, I had to keep, you know, reading more, I had to get more and more and it was scaring me. But at the same time, I was, that's the kind of excitement and the resonance that I like, and then we talk about a lot of the morality and a lot of the uh, the virtues of, of and, and depravity of man. Um, those are kind of things that I I find fascinating, and the types of subject matter that I I like to engage in. So, um, so if you're into that, I say Holly, read it. Hit me. Let's talk. Okay.
1: Okay, I'm be back. I'm like. Eric. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's going to be like, you know, the, the trolls are always on their phone. They're... Eric, I know you said it was good, but I ain't, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. So thank you so much, Eric. And thank you for also giving us that insight. Like I said, I think that is so important for us. We have this passion and we have this purpose and we go and we're living and doing all these things. And then it's nice to kind of give People that look up to us or maybe see you as a role model as also some tools that, hey, listen, you know, I'm still going, but you guys, this is a big field. Like you guys can come in and win and take some of this advice. And maybe just someone that was listening or watching watching is saying, how do I deal with all this stress? And you gave this whole narrative about how you deal with it and now they can use that as tools to help them process things too so i love that thank you for being open with us about that so you guys that is mr eric lasalle thank
0: you guys thank you so much for having me it was uh it was